Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. It is. And The Zone Sports Network. Mitchell's in the near corner. Inbound is coming from the far side. Clarkson's up at the top. Ingles will inbound. 1.6 seconds left. Down by two. Ingles holding. Fakes a pass. Finds Bogdanovich. Contested three. Boyan Bogdanovich! Boyan Bogdanovich! Say it again! Boyan Bogdanovich! Holy cow! Straight away three from 30 feet. Contested by two defenders. And the Jazz win! Wow! Wow! A ball game. Walt Perrin with us, Vice President of Player Personnel for the Utah Jazz. Walt, have you gotten a sense as to how deep this draft will be and how much talent is in it? I think the draft is a little bit better than I thought it was going to be early in the year, but I think it's a draft where you can get a player and you're probably going to need to develop for uh, a year or two and then see what you have. But I think there's some players here that have an opportunity to be pretty good players in the NBA, rotational players, maybe even some starters later on in the draft. But again, I think it's more of a developmental draft than it is a draft where guys should come in and play right away. Gordon, last week we had um, media reporting uh, a conflict, right, uh, with the Players Union stuff with Adrian Wojnarowski and uh, Sham Sharania. Now the two are back at it again, this time seeing who can break the biggest jazz news today, starting with Adrian Wojnarowski, who uh, reported that uh, Boyan Bogdanovich will undergo season-ending surgery that has been confirmed. He ruptured a ligament in his right wrist. And uh, he did that early in the season, Gordon, and uh, now they got to the point where they had to make a decision and get it done. So he's going to get that surgery taken care of. And then the other story, Sham Sharania reports that uh, Walt Perrin, Jazz Vice President of Player Personnel, is headed to the Knicks to be their assistant general manager. Uh, Gordon, let's, let's hit on both of these stories, but which one do you want to start with? Let's go with Bogdanovich first. Uh, he... You know, I, I have questions for you about about what Boyan was able to do in his first year. And and starting with this, I have my own thoughts, but I want to get yours. Boyan Bogdanovich, how successful was his first season with the Jazz? When people talked about the Jazz's needs for more shooting, for a perimeter player, uh, somebody who could add to their scoring effort, did BB fill the bill? Absolutely. In fact, far exceeded expectations, I thought. And expectations were high. Man, Bogdanovich, Gordon, he averaged 20 points a game this year. Yep. A little bit better than that, actually. 20.2, excuse me. Yeah. Don't forget uh, the two. But, <laughs> but it, it, you wondered if he could be better than he was in Indiana because he was kind of the guy in Indiana when Victor Oladipo went down. And he obviously wasn't going to be the guy here in Utah. And his production actually went up. I think he fit like a glove onto this Jazz team. And I know this season was uh, a bit of a story in adaptation for some new additions, but Bogdanovich did not have an issue uh, adapting to Jazz basketball. He was He's not the perfect player by any means, but he absolutely was having a terrific year. Yes, he, uh, he improved his stats across the board, as you were mentioning. And, uh, you know, uh, if I were going to have any kind of critique for Boyan Bogdanovich, I guess it would be that his uh, his uh, his turnover problem was a bit of an issue at times. But the scoring, you know, that's six points better than his career average. 
He shot 40, almost 45% overall and uh, 41.4 from three. That's pretty good. That's really good. Uh, the, the Jazz will take that. And and so, yeah, I, I think he uh, he was probably better in some ways than a lot of folks figured he would be as far as his overall ability to score, not just shoot from distance. But, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think you're uh, right on the money there. I was unaware of this wrist injury um, until the news came out. I don't know how you shoot the ball uh, effectively when you're injured like that. Do you, uh, do you have a thought on that? I mean, that's kind of on either hand. That, that, that'll mess you up. Um, yeah, well, yeah, I, I don't know how he did it. He suffered it earlier in the, or early in the season. You know, we knew he was a tough player. He's hardly missed. He's only missed like five games his whole career. I mean, he's, he's a really tough dude. And, um, I don't know how he did it physically, Gordon, but he did it at an extremely high level. Um, just real quick before we move on on his impact on the team, you mentioned his turnovers. If I if I had one area that I would nitpick that I think is uh, Bogdanovich his issue has created an issue with the Jazz is he is he's not a good rebounder. He's only averaging 4.1 rebounds per game, and that mm-hmm. has put a lot of pressure on Rudy Gobert to be the rebounder on the whole team. So yeah. uh, we saw that have some consequences at times during the year. But I uh, just wanted to add that real quick before we, we completely moved on from it. But, I, you know, to answer your question, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Maybe he did yoga or something, Gordon. A torn ligament in his wrist, and he managed to play NBA basketball. I don't, I don't know how you do that. Which wrist was it, Jake? Uh, was it reported? I'm not sure. Um, well, I'm oh, not yes, sure here it is. Either. Right wrist. Excuse me, Gordon. So, I mean, how do you shoot when you're right-handed? I mean, and you have that kind of injury. I I don't know. But uh, you saw what Donovan Mitchell said about it, uh, congratulating uh, Boyan Bogdanovich for gutting it through the way he did. I, I don't know what this means that uh, that this uh, season-ending surgery would be happening uh, tomorrow. Uh, does that mean why why wouldn't that have been done prior to now? Do you think? Um, I'm not sure, Gordon. Uh, and they haven't talked about it. I mean, that would be something the the team and Bogdanovich and his agent, I'm sure, uh, have discussed. But I would guess that uh, that it has to be done, and so to get him ready for next year, because we don't know what the remainder of this year is going to be, uh, get that taken care of. But I'm not sure. I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I don't know either. Wouldn't know. that have been true a month ago, though? I mean, maybe. that's why I wondered. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't know why. Why right now? What does that mean? Does that mean anything about? what the Jazz know regarding the season, the prospects for the season, or does that mean – what does it mean? Maybe it means nothing at all. I don't know. Maybe they were waiting for swelling to go down. I I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Um, Yeah, and that's why part of me feels like it's not fair to speculate about something like that because I have no idea. Yeah, me neither. But uh, but anyway, uh, so uh, he'll he'll go ahead and do that. And so if the NBA does have a postseason, he obviously will not be a part of it. All right, now what about uh, the departure of one Walt Perrin, who's now going to be an assistant GM for the Knicks as they reform their front office, Gordon? And Walt Perrin has been a mainstay around here for 20 years. You and I both know him. We've had him on the show many, many times. Uh, He's very good at his job. And uh, the Knicks uh, certainly are getting a good one. Yeah, the Knicks Knicks need him. Not that the Jazz don't, but the Knicks need him. And uh, I have a lot of respect for Walt Perrin. He's... 
Man, can you imagine his frequent flyer miles? That's what I you mean, admire about Walt Perry. Well, I mean, he's been. It, it, this is part of it. It takes it takes uh, resolve to do a job as well as he did it. Not just from a judgment standpoint and a recognition standpoint, but from a durability standpoint. So this guy was flying around the globe. Uh, it seems like ten times a year. I mean, it's just remarkable all the trips he was taking. And uh, and it, it, when you are evaluating talent the way he does. I I find that fascinating. I think that's a real skill. It's a skill. It's it's knowledge mixed with experience, uh, mixed with uh, good judgment. And uh, and Walt, Walt will be missed around here. Yeah, I think so too. I'm still trying to get over that. You know what I admire about Walt Perrin? I'll bet he has access to the Delta Secret Lounge. Huh? A lot of frequent <laughs> he flyer miles. Owns Man, it. I mean, how many? What would you guess? I mean, I know we don't have any idea, but think of all his trips to Europe. Think of all his trips everywhere. I mean, it seems like every time we talked to him, it was like, yeah, in two days I'm leaving for this place or that place. or I just got back from, I mean, just, whew. He must yeah. have piled up hundreds of miles. Yeah, I don't think, uh, I, I don't think... Uh, He's paying for a flight anytime soon. Mm, I see. Uh, All right. Our friend Ben Anderson of KSL Sports uh, has delved into this on Twitter, and I think it's certainly worth talking about because the Knicks um, are – you could uh, draw a connection with the Knicks and the Jazz. Their new president, uh, Leon Rose, used to head up CAA, which represents uh, Donovan Mitchell, and now they hire, you know, a guy who was responsible, at least in part, for uh, bringing uh, Donovan to the Jazz or and their evaluation process of him. So there's kind of been some waves out there that uh, the Knicks are going to be actively pursuing Donovan Mitchell, and I actually think that's 100% true. Now, whether that means Donovan leaves Utah or not uh, is certainly uh, far from uh, uh, you know concluded, obviously, for obvious reasons. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if the Knicks were interested in Donovan, of course. I, I would guess that the, the whole league, in one way or another, would be interested in acquiring Donovan Mitchell. So this is, this is uh, what my partner here, Jake Scott, is doing. We don't have enough to worry about around here, right, already? But you're worrying about something that could take place four years from now? Uh, I'm not worried about anything. You know me. I, I like know. the I, I like the I, uh, I, I like the game behind the game. I think that type of stuff is is really fascinating. And whether Walt could deliver Donovan Mitchell or not, they're not hiring him for a for a job like that just based on that alone. I mean, that's that's obviously ridiculous. They're hiring but a guy the connection who's, there. who's really really good at his job. But yeah, the the connection there could could be useful at some point in the future. I just this is. Uh, I, I don't think jazz fans or the jazz really need to worry about that for the time being. I know you don't have to worry about it because you don't, you're, you're not, you know, you're not uh, in charge of basketball ops for the jazz. But but it's fans sometimes worry about that sort of thing, and, and they just don't have to right now. The only reason they would have to do that is if Donovan was in some way being demonstrative about it. And I, I don't think he's going to pull an AD. Do you? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think that that will happen. I do think he's. I don't. He's going. It'll be interesting to hear him answer questions when, whenever he is available to do so again. Yeah, the, the problem is the players. If you want to worry about that, 
Uh, players generally don't tell the truth about that sort of thing. Correct. So, I mean, I mean, the Jazz have experienced that in their past. Uh, you might be able to pick up reading between the lines a little bit here and there. But so much of this, so many times when I've asked players about their intentions, I remember asking uh, Darren Williams this, you know, how long do you want to stay with the Jazz? And you know what the first thing out of his mouth was? Guess what he would have said? Mm. I'm putting you on the spot, but... Never. No. He said, it depends on the direction that the team is going. That's probably true in part, right? I think it's true in a lot of cases. Because players... It's not just the super teams. It's not just the superstars who at times want to be together in this day and age. Players, think about what Donovan Mitchell talks about. He talks about winning. He talks about winning a championship. He talks about uh, reaching the highest level in the league. And I, I, that the, the most effective thing that Jazz can do is continue to build toward contention. And I think if they do that... There are extenuating circumstances at times. I mean, Gordon Hayward had his motivations to do what he did. But I think most things, most everything else being equal, uh, and even if it's unequal a little bit, uh, I think players want to win, man. They don't want to go out on that court and get their heads beat in night after night after night, especially someone wired like that kid is. Hmm. I, I think if the Jazz are building toward a championship, then Donovan Mitchell will want to be a part of that because the money, the money is pretty much equal either way, and I think he's getting a lot of money from some shoe company that uh, was started by Adi Dossler. Adi Dossler? Yeah, wasn't that his name? I have no clue. Adidas, Adi Dossler. Oh, really? Is that? Where... I bet Mister Know It All probably knows. I mean, Adi Dossler. He's the founder of uh, uh, the Adidas. Uh, Shoe and apparel. I company. thought it stood for all day. I dream about soccer. I think his name was Adolf <laughs> Dossler. Really, uh, Adi for short. Yep, it was Adolf Adi Dossler. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. That's an unfortunate first name. His brother Rudolf founded Puma. Oh. Really? I didn't. I really. I didn't know that. I wonder yep, if there he was, was the younger brother of the founder of Puma. I wonder if there was some sort of split there, like family conflict, where the younger <laughs> brother was like, you know what? There was, yeah. Yeah, I'm going off and I'm going to do this. 100% accurate. A That's little bit different, yep. yeah. Mm -hmm. it is Just because, you know, Jake, uh, what's the matter with the name Adi? You know, just because there was some maniac back in history who who had a certain name doesn't mean that that name is spoiled for the rest of time, does it? It kind of does, though. And it's it, the reason that uh, the fact that you're calling him Audi as opposed to his real name is is all the evidence that you really need. Uh, it, it's not his fault. I'm not blaming him. But sometimes first names get a little spoiled by people who ruin it for the rest of everyone. Wait a minute. I mean, that's just what he goes by. Like Gordon. Like Gordy's, for example, A D I. That's what he goes by, right? That's not his real name. Austin just uh, told you his real name. But uh, uh, well, can I call Hank Aaron Hank? Well, you can call somebody whatever they want. I'm just saying, there's a reason that you're not calling him by his first name. Uh, or how about this? There's no. a reason that he didn't go by his first name. No, it's a familiar form of the name. 
It's 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 it's, uh, it's yeah. It's it's like Hank. It's like Jack for John, and and and, and Hank for Henry. Let me ask you this, uh, Austin. If uh, if you were to have a son in your future, how uh, how <laughs> much would you give the name Adolf consideration? Uh, no, none, zero. Yeah, right, right uh, ahead of Gordon, but no, it wouldn't get much consideration. I I, I think most folks would would probably side with Austin there. Man, In fact, unfor- uh, I know someone named Addy that I'm suddenly rethinking now. So. Right. Uh, I'm just, uh, I just, uh, that's unfortunate. He, he also was uh, One maniac out there ruins a name. Uh, uh, that's, uh, that, shouldn't, that shouldn't be the way it is, but I see your point. <laughs> it's a pretty interesting line in the sand you're drawing. He also, uh, he also ruined uh, a look with the, with the mustache. You can't get away with that anymore. And speaking of Michael Jordan, he tried. You remember that after right after yeah, he retired, yeah. he tried. He's like, I'm, I'm bringing this back in style. And even Michael Jordan, it was like, no, nope, no, nope, that one, that one's been ruined. <laughs> that mustache, oh, that mustache ain't coming back. Get you a razor, Addy. <laughs> How long will it take before you know uh, before things like that are okay? Because they, in and of themselves, are not evil like the man himself was. So I wonder how long before either the fashion statement or the the name will be, uh, you know, repaired enough for it to be acceptable. I again. don't know. I think it's going to be a while. All right. You know, sometimes humans just, uh, you, you know, leave behind reputations that spoil certain things. I got to tell you though, when those uh, when those superstars came out, and when they when they come out about sixty eight, late sixties, those were about the coolest things you could wear. I mean, in my generation, that was uh, those were those were sweet kicks, and uh, obviously Adidas. Did you call them came kicks? up with that? What did you call them not, kicks? Not back then, I suppose, but. But uh, is, this, I, everybody, is this some sort of hip lingo you've adopted? All, all, you've never heard the shoes referred to as you, kicks? You, you get a pair of Michael Jordan whatevers, and now you, <laughs> kicks comes into the His, vernacular? They're not. They're J's. Oh, remember. Excuse me. I, I His forgot. J's. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, <laughs> so Adidas was ahead of the game a little bit. They were leather shoes back when everyone was wearing the cons, a lot of them, and and the superstar came along, and that was those were the man. Those cons were, I remember, like convicts. Converse. We don't get with the lingo. I thought they were, were wearing living in a vacuum over there. The so, cons. So so yeah, everyone was wearing their Chuck Taylors. Everyone, yeah, everyone was wearing their trucks. So now, uh, yeah, and then the, the leather shoe comes along, and uh, everybody, boy, you put those on, and you just felt better about living. And you uh, get out on the court and feel really good. Nice fashion statement as well. And uh, and then all of a sudden, Adidas decides that it doesn't need to sign some uh, ne'er-do-anything uh, exceptional Michael Jordan. And next thing you know, like Nike's exploding all over the place. That may have been the single worst business decision I've ever heard of. Uh, that may be true, but in the in the shoe world, one of my favorites is uh, if you dig into Nike's pitch to Steph Curry uh, before Steph Curry switched to Under Armour. That one's pretty hilarious because they didn't even bother to like change the PowerPoint presentation from the same one they gave Kevin Durant like a month earlier. 
Like they get onto the PowerPoint. Did they, they, they have the name Kevin there scratched out? No, they didn't even bother to do that. The the PowerPoint just had like the the it says you know Nike. Welcome to Nike, Kevin Durant or whatever. And uh, yeah, he he wasn't really impressed, and that's why he went to Under Armour. Hmm. Although if you look at Under Armour how they're doing on the old stock market, they're really struggling. So maybe Nike, Nike will get the last laugh. What's your favorite shoe you've ever owned? Your favorite athletic shoe? Uh, I liked something my... Something that really tugged at you beyond the normal kind of, these are comfortable. Oh, I didn't care how comfortable they were. I loved my Grant Hill Fila, uh, Filas. Uh, I would say those, and, and even, I don't wear Nike anymore, but uh, I had uh, Andre Agassi's Challenger Court Nike tennis shoes when I was a kid, and I was pretty, mm. I was pretty fired up about those. Were you wearing like the... Uh, the fluorescent. Uh, uh, oh yeah, I had the whole compression apple. shorts oh, underneath. Yeah. And I had the whole thing. It was <laughs> awesome. I I wish I wish I could find those today. I'd be wearing them. Back. Can you get them? Can you get them online? No, I think they've been outlawed. Actually, it's against the law to wear them. The the Andre Agassi <laughs> Challenger court, the the shorts that looked like they were almost denim, and right. then had the uh, yeah, an act had, of Congress <laughs> took those out. Had the stretched stuff underneath. Those were incredible. They weren't. They were though. They were so awesome. Back with those, those were back in the days when uh, when Agassi had his uh, hairpiece bobby pinned onto his head. <laughs> That was like peak Agassi right there. <laughs> Images, everything. It's just the wrong image. You know, yeah. you know, I didn't know that until later. That he had a hair yeah. piece? Yeah. I think everybody I, I suspected unaware. it, right? But then he didn't confirm it until he he wrote a book. I mean, he disappeared off the tennis landscape for like a year, remember? Because <laughs> he, I don't, that was during his crack time, I think. But when he... He did. In his book, he admitted that he it's smoked just a crack. Funny phrase, crack time. But do you remember when he came back and he was bald as a cue ball, and everybody just did had gone high and tight? And it's like, wait, you went from that lion's mane to nothing in the short time you've been gone. Hmm. Uh, in my experience, that's not how it goes. Yeah, I, I was suspicious. Were were you suspicious, Gordon? It goes quick, but not that quick. I did not know. I wasn't thinking of that. I didn't know his brother was bald. Remember? You know his brother? Show? <laughs> Carl Agassi? <laughs> no. no, his brother. I forget his name. Reggie was, Agassi? <laughs> Timothy. Derek. He was. You know, I still have a pair of those. What do they call the David Robinson shoe? With the fluorescent, or the fluorescent green on the back end of it, hmm. what was that shoe called? And you could pump it up, you could pump up the sides just by. I have, I have that pair of shoes. What are those called? Were those Air Command or something? What were those? I have no idea. I'm not a, I'm not they, a shoe those, guy. I, I think they were called the overrated. I don't know. I think they were called the money makers. I have a pair of those. I still have a pair. Huh. Stay tuned. Big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The Zone.